Well, hey, this is Ed Stetzer Live, and I'm Ed Stetzer. I want to welcome you back to this Saturday, every Saturday at this time. We come to you, Moody Radio Network's partners and affiliates. I sometimes will mention uh, different ones. So for example, Faith Radio, which is up in that upper Midwest region, multiple series of stations. We're thankful for our partnership, Faith Radio. Uh, K-Wave, new to us as well, covering all of Southern California. We're thankful for, for K-Wave and our partnership there with Calvary Chapel and more. And uh, we're thankful for you. And we have conversations about kind of the moment we're in and the mission we're on. And and in doing so, we kind of look through and walk through some of the the challenges of our day, some of the opportunities of our day, and more. Uh, last week we had on Greg Laurie. And as always, you can find all the past programs. If you go to edstetzerlive.com, you'll find all the past programs there. And I think you'll find a whole lot of helpful ones kind of on that journey uh, as as well, so I want to encourage you to take a look and and uh, and listen through some of some of those. And a great way to do this is actually subscribe to the the podcast as well. And you can subscribe to the podcast also at edstetzerlive.com. For example, uh, we the week before we had Pastor Greg Laurie, we had on um, Gary Chapman talk about uh, teenagers and some of the challenges that are there. Uh, before that, Jared Wilson. You know, we go on and on. So so go to edstetzerlive.com and you can pick up those there as well. Today we have a special guest and uh, I, I, I want you to know and I want you to read. Matter of fact, I want you to get his book actually. And his, his name is Chris Hodges. Pastor Chris Hodges serves as the founding and senior pastor of Church uh, of the Highlands. It's in Alabama. Many of their campuses all around. He uh, co-founded ARC. It's called the Association of Related Churches in 2001, which actually launched hundreds of churches across the U.S. And it's interesting to me because uh, I know Chris, spent some time with Chris, know, know a lot more about ARC, but even know some about their church. And their, and now they have, a, they have a, he does this thing called GROW, specialized in training uh, resources for pastors and churches. He's the chancellor of Highlands College, which last time I was there at their building, they were building out, but it trains and launches students into full-time ministry. And um, I, I, it's interesting to me because Chris is has such a huge influence and impacted so uh, many lives. But then at the same time, I, I feel like I'm introducing Chris sometimes to people who don't always always know him because Chris is uh, just got a got a humble spirit. Uh, really has a desire to. Uh, to focus on the mission that God has given him. And so I love introducing him to you because I think he's one of the key leaders that God is using uh, in the church today in, in the world. So so we're so glad to have, we're going to talk with him about, he's author of several books, we're going to talk with him about his book today called um, Out of the Cave, which, which yes, that will have some explanation. Maybe the subtitle helps. It's Out of the Cave, Stepping into the Light When Depression Darkens What You See. And uh, let me just say to Pastor Chris Hodges, thanks for joining us on Ed Stetzer Live. Well, thank you, Ed. I'm really honored to be here, and I appreciate that very gracious in, uh, introduction. Thank you. Well, I'm I'm really appreciative of you, and and I, I will tell you that this book struck me in a very uh, positive and challenging way. Now, of course, you've written you've written other things, right? Uh, you know, and and I, we 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 list them all. By the way, you can always find all the books someone writes when you go to uh, edstetzerlive.com. But um, but this book, it, it's intriguing a lot of, and I, I don't I don't want to jump into content. I want you to walk with us. But why did you um, why did you write this book? I think it helped us understand where this came from in your own life. Well, let me start by saying I really don't consider myself a pure author in the sense that, you know, I live to write books. I'm, I'm trying to steward a few messages that I believe the Lord's given me. And most of the books that I write, you know, I write to help people grow 
uh, in their relationship with God or help them move to next steps and things like that. So I was probably the least likely to write a book on the topic of depression. I'm not even really the depressed type. If there is a depressed type, um, I'm, sure. I'm kind of a gl- glasses and not even half full. It's all, all the way full all the time. Um, I, I did go through one bout of depression before I planted the church in Birmingham uh, 20 years ago when I was an uh, associate pastor on staff uh, at my home church in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and, um, but, and really never experienced it again. And, um, and fast forward 18 years now, we're 18 years into our church, and a lot of people remember that uh, in that year uh, there was a notable pastoral suicide. I didn't, I didn't even know the, the guy, um, the pastor, the young pastor, but, uh, Ed, when it, when he, when I heard the news that he took his life, it impacted me like we were best friends. And I've done this long enough now. I've been in ministry 38 years. I've known, I know in my, in my belief is that when a lot of times when that happens, God is intentionally allowing me to feel something, a burden, if you will, so that I could uh, minister into it. We were in a series at our church, uh, answering questions that were people at people were asking. So once a year, I do a survey and then I answer questions that people are asking, and topics that they want to hear what the Bible has to say about that topic. And the top one in 2018 was anxiety and mental health. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, okay, well, you know, this event, the, this pastor, this 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 question by our church, I'll do a week's worth of study and and preach on the topic of depression, and which is not nearly enough time. Um, and I'm embarrassed right. to say I never even brought a message on it up to that point. And I preached that message that Sunday out of the life of Elijah uh, when he got into the cave of depression in First Kings 19. And Ed, it became the most rewatched message times a hundred. And, uh, and in a week, over a hundred thousand people had, had, had streamed it once we posted it in our archive. And then I brought it to a pastor's conference, uh, the same message kind of tailor made it to a pastor's conference, a very large one. Uh, there were 4,000 pastors there. The, the, the response was through the roof. And I knew, wow, this is, this is a bigger deal than I've given, uh, it credit for. And so I decided to go on a two year research and writing project. I still don't know everything there is to know about it, but I know a whole lot more. And the book kind of came out of that journey. Yeah. I, I think for some people, pastor, they, they think that, I mean, I don't, I don't think that they think this, they say they think this, that a lot of people who are followers of Jesus are surprised when they find themselves in a depressed season or a depressive episode and or maybe struggle with depression on an ongoing basis because their assumption is that they they shouldn't because they're followers of Jesus and you know as the old hymn says and now I am happy all the day um, and you really you face that head on in the book by the way let me just remind everyone the, the book is called Out of the Cave uh, and the full title is Stepping into the Light when Depression uh, Darkens What You See so what do you say to people as a pastor as as staff you know staff deal with this when they say man should I even be dealing with it? I'm a Christian. Well, absolutely. And I write an entire chapter called Removing the Stigma, because there is a stigma, not even in the church. There's a stigma uh, in the world, too, where if, you know, if if you see me wearing glasses, that's a part of my body, my eyes, that is not working well. But but if I tell you my mind's not working well, you know, everybody kind of backs up a little bit. Wow. okay, you've got issues. And when when the truth is your brain and your mind is an organ of your body that can be as sick as anything else. And we've allowed mental health 
to become a part of our identity. So the illness becomes our identity. And that's a real mistake when a lot of times it's, it's something that can be healed just like I can wear glasses or I can treat other problems in my body. In the church, I think is last on the list in many cases of being able to be a part of the conversation because, yeah, we're people of faith and, yeah, God's turned the light on and everything's great and it's not great. And I think the beauty, Ed, of this story is that Elijah arguably in, after Jesus in the top two, I mean, he shows up in the transfiguration of Jesus uh, in in the New Testament with Moses and Elijah. So even the Bible recognizes him as a major figure and he had uh, some incredible preaching material in 1 Kings 18 when, you know, he defeats the prophets of Baal and ends a drought and all of that. And then next thing you know, he wants to take his life six verses later. And I think, yeah. you know, and James says, Elijah's a person just like you and me. And I think that's what I would want people to hear. Good. And if you don't mind, because so much of the book is based, you know, even the title out of the cave, uh, not everyone's going to remember that situation. Could you just kind of walk us through a little more what happened there and what you took from that when you shared in the book out of the cave? Well, I'm a pastor, so I always go to God's word first. I mean, I know there are other solutions and and I'm not one of those that says, oh, just let me pray for you. In fact, I have a, my youngest son is on the autism spectrum and he takes medication to help his mental health. And it works, by the way. So I'm not I'm not against that. But when I have a situation that I face, I go to God's word because I do believe I believe the Bible is timeless. I think it's not only the stories of actual things, but I think they become playbooks, if you will, for all of us who would read it afterwards. So in 1 Kings 18, you know, Elijah uh, defeats the prophets, 850 wicked prophets of Baal and Asherah. And when God, so you know, comes down through fire and uh, soaks up this water-soaked, uh, uh, saturated sacrifice, and then, and then in the next paragraph, he prays for a three-year drought to end, and in the very next verse of the next chapter, it says that Jezebel, who's the, who is Ahab and Jezebel, the, the king and queen of Israel, heard what he had done, and basically, modern-day version would be she posted on Facebook, I'm going to kill you for doing that. So basically, it was a threat, no longer than a, than a comment on Instagram, and that one comment. In that one post, if you will, Elijah, the Bible says, was afraid. The same guy who could stand in the face of all these prophets was afraid, ran for his life, made a bunch of bad decisions that psychiatrists and psychologists today would say will get you in a cave of depression um, just in a few verses, and then sat under a tree and said, I need to die. I've had enough. And he actually asked God, take my life. And, um, and so he, he's in this depression place, ends up in a cave, a literal cave. But Ed, I think the cave, having experienced depression myself, I think the cave is the perfect metaphor because there's a way out. You just don't know where it is. And it is so dark and so disorienting. And then your mind creates things. <laughs> I mean, a moth could could fly by your ear and you're convinced it's a bat, right? So you start even creating a narrative that is even larger than the than the the situation you're actually in, which is what depression really is. So, so of course, it, I I I um I wrote the book and basically showed the six things that Elijah did that got him in a cave of depression, that any psychiatrist and psychologist today would say will get you depressed, and then the five things he did to get out of that cave. 
Yeah. And we're going to continue our conversation with Chris Hodges in just a moment. The book is Out of the Cave. And we're also going to take your calls. The number for that is uh, 877-548-3675. We've already started some of this conversation about how should Christians respond, what's the journey that we're on, and more. But we're going to invite you to the conversation. Continue with Pastor Chris in just a moment. 877-548-3675. One more time so you don't miss it. 877-548-3675. Politics brings more division than ever, and social media is moving many to be less social and more critical. Those with Christian views are also often being dismissed. Well, what if the rise of secularism, though, is good news for the church? Throughout history, these times of decline traditionally precede powerful spiritual renewal, even revival. You need to read Mark Sayer's book, Reappearing Church, The Hopeful Renewal in the Rise of Our Post-Christian Culture. Get a copy of Reappearing Church today at moodypublishers.com. Hey, we're back. Uh, Ed Stetzer Live here with my friend, Pastor Chris Rogers. Rogers, where did that come from? Hodges. Um, And we're talking about the issue of uh, depression. We're talking particularly about his book, Out of the Cave, Stepping into the Light When Depression Darkens What You See. Uh, It came out in 2021. I'm going to mention that and just uh, ask a question about that in just a moment. But I also want to invite your questions and comments around mental health, depression, the church, um, I should also tell you that, that Pastor Chris has a whole lot of other resources. Um, we're talking about this today. One of the reasons we're talking about this today is that we're going into the holidays, which is a time uh, when people sometimes are disproportionately impacted by this. And it's his newest book, so I'm happy to happy to talk about that as well. But our phone number for you to call is 877-548-3675. You mentioned, um, Pastor, at the before the break, that um, well, you mentioned medication. And one of the things that uh, we found, I used to run something called Lifeway Research, and we did a study that kind of got very, it got picked up all over. And um, what we found is about a third of Americans, but about half of uh, evangelical Christians like us, born-again Christians, uh, believe the Bible, prayer and Bible study alone can overcome serious mental illness. And I mean, I'm assuming that like me, you agree God can miraculously heal and God can miraculously intervene. Uh, but there seems to be this idea that if you're a Christian, you should be or maybe maybe must be healed of any mental illness or there's something wrong or wrong with you with your spiritual life. How you I mean, you, you pastor a church that has tens of thousands of people across across multiple campuses with a whole lot of people who struggle with depression. How do you articulate to them what can or will not happen in their spiritual life related to depression and mental health? Yeah, I think the answer is, is that we're triune beings. So we have body, soul, and spirit. I think this is the argument of Romans chapter eight, when it says, you know, if you make a choice in your mind or in your body, it can impact your spiritual life and vice versa. So we're, we're, we're dealing with this. I call it the king of the hill battle. It's all three are always trying to be in charge of our lives. And I definitely believe the spiritual impacts the other two, but we still have to make choices. One of the most interesting parts of the research that I did was that most doctors, psychologists believe that there's about nine major causes of, of depression, at which of which seven are psychosocial or lifestyle related and two are genetic or biological. So there are some definite, like my son already mentioned, who needs medication. It's a purely genetic thing. He was he was he was he has I mean, 
doctor verified uh, chemistry issues that can be solved with a simple medication with no side effects. But others, and, and, and what I would say even as a point of hope is that the vast majority of us, these are things that are that have happened to us or we're doing to ourselves that we can undo or be healed from by making uh, some some wise choices. That's key, and it's key early on in our conversation to that to say that there are different paths, and uh, there are things we can make to get out of that cave. And I, I will tell you, if I could a little brief, I don't normally do this. I'm interviewing somebody, but we 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 both were walked through kind of a mutual tragedy. Um, I was. Uh, one of my close friends was a pastor named Darren Patrick, and I was very much engaged in um, right around that time. We were just working 16 yep. hour days at the Wheaton College Billy Graham Center trying to help serve churches. We were early in serving churches in the pandemic. And then I got the text that uh, Darren um, uh, Darren died. And it was for me, because I've been a big advocate for mental health. I mean, I speak like multiple times, American Association of Christian Counselors saying we got to work with mental health professionals. I uh, had not experienced uh, depression in, in, that, in that way. And I will tell you that after Darren died, um, I, I, actually, I actually went to my doctor for the first time in my life. After telling people all the time that they should you know, talk to medical professionals, I went to my doctor and I said, I just, I've got this anxiety I can't let go of. And his solution in this case was not medication. Now, we're both for that. We, you just heard Pastor Rogers and me both say we're for that. For me, it was lifestyle changes. And I had to stop working 16-hour days, I had to change my diet, I had to start exercising, and very quickly was able to come out of that. So there are, in the book you talk about, and by the way, remind everyone, the book the book is, is called Out of the Cave, Stepping into the Light When Depression Darkens What You See. There's different ways out of the cave and stepping into the light. Is that fair to say? Oh, absolutely. And, I mean, there, there are clear research on simple things like the amount of sunlight, uh, how sedentary you become, how... Um, diet, I call them life imbalances. Uh, Johan Hari, who wrote the book Lost Connections, said we need to talk less about chemical imbalances and more about the imbalances in the way we live. And I believe that. I think, yeah. I think we have we have adopted a lifestyle um, that that is not it's doable but not sustainable. It's uh, 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 Stephen Lardy, who wrote the book The Depression Cure, said we were never designed the sedentary, indoor, socially isolated, fast food laden, sleep deprived, frenzied pace of modern life. <laughs> and it's wow. true. It's just yep. so that was me. That so, was me. Yeah. And I was me. Exactly. Yep, I get it. Yep. Exactly. Yep. And, 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 and I've experienced it as well. So. Yeah. So. All right. So. So different paths out of that. Um, and, and and what I, I, I keep coming back to how I, I to be perfectly honest, just knowing you and the breadth of your ministry, I was surprised that you went into such a deep dive on this issue of depression. And you've kind of explained a little bit about that journey. I, I wonder how your church responded. Um, I mean, this is because one of the things, you know, Rick and Kay Warren, Rick wrote the forward, you know, I think, you know, there's there some of my, my close friends and, um, part of their challenge is when they talk about this at their church, the, um, the need, that people come, they, they, more and more people are saying, well, how do we deal with this? And, and they, you know, it, it becomes a struggle even to keep up with the pastoral care needs that are there. So how did your church respond to this? Well, honestly, and it, it always feels like a risk to be yeah. brutally honest. And I took the biggest risk I ever have of my entire ministry uh, life when 
honestly, the, the manuscript was due in March of 2020. Don't we all remember that month? Oh, wow. And yes. so, and I called the publisher and said, I, I can't get it done. I'm, I'm, I, I was, I had never worked harder in my life trying to figure out this pandemic and what we were, what were we going to do at church and services? And they said, well, actually it's, it would be better for us to postpone it a little bit because we could release it in May of 2021. And that's mental health awareness month. I said, fantastic. Yep. So they postponed yep. the manuscript to August of 2020. Well, Ed, I would go through in June of 2020, the deepest, darkest cave of my entire life. I, yeah. and I'm, I'm embarrassed to say this, but I was within a whisker of, of not taking my life, but I would have, I was ready to commit ministry suicide. I was done. I was so done and it felt unfair. It felt, it, I, I, it was painful. I was, I'm not a crier. I was crying four hours a day. I'm embarrassed to say this. I was having, I had three pa major panic attacks, like ended up in emergency rooms, horrible. And I really felt like if the stigma was really going to be removed, that I would have to take the risk of sharing that story. And I start chapter three, the, the chapter mm -hmm. on removing the stigma with that story. And yep. you say, what was the response? Uh, it, I was so afraid of what the response is going to be. And it was, it was, thank you for being honest. And I would say that to every listener today, that um, it feels so risky to be, to have the courage to be honest, but you're halfway through the battle of, of, of finding freedom in that. If you can just, let someone else know what you're going through. So good, so good. And and by the way, Ed and Don Stetzer were praying for you during that time of that season. So we're I know we, you we were. I know you were. Sorry. Um, let Let's take some phone calls. Let's go to Jeff in Pompano Beach, Florida. Jeff, you're live on the air. What's your question or your comment? Yes, um, I just wanted to say I had uh, bouts of depression when I was in high school, and um, in and into the Navy when I was in the Navy, and. Um, when it got to the Navy part, I was like ready to commit suicide. And I had thoughts of that. And, um, cause it's like, like talk about a cave. It's like being, it's terrible. I'd rather be on the middle of the field in Vietnam fighting. And, uh, so anyway, I'm 66 today, but I, what I'm trying to say is I, I was done with my life and me. I just was like, I want to die. So I, I called this preacher up and he, uh, he listened to me for 30 minutes and he said, you, you know what? He says, "You what?" I said, "What should I do?" And I wasn't saved yet, of course, at that right, point. Right. And uh, anyway, he so I came. He says, "Well, I think you should go see a good site." And so it just was like a real letdown in my own life. I'm not saying that that's not a good idea if it's with a scriptural psychiatry. Right. So I, what I did, I went home. He didn't tell me that. He just said, "You need to see a site." So I went home and I read the Bible, part of Genesis, and it was begat, begat. I said, "What is begat?" Then I ended up in Leviticus, and then he said, now you got to burn an animal and sacrifice it on the burning altar. So that's when I threw the Bible against the wall, unfortunately. But that's exactly what God wanted me to just give up at that point. And he says, don't don't try and put me in a test tube. And so he just wanted me to come as I am. So that's when I, hmm. I said, I'm done. I'm done with him and everything else right. in this planet. And that's when uh, the next day in the mail, it came the four spiritual laws as a track. And, wow. and then wow. I came to Christ. It was amazing. I said, why couldn't that pastor tell me? Well, unfortunately, yeah. he wasn't. Uh, so, but, uh, you know, that's what happened. No, but Jeff, that's, that's great. That's great. So, so you, in your case, you move forward. And is it, is it accurate to say that 
uh, the kind of the despair you were walking through was resolved with Christ, or did you suffer uh, oh. bouts with depression afterwards? Totally. Okay. No, yeah. after that, yeah. I've never had another depression since. So okay. That's what I meant to tell mm-hmm. Yeah. It's yeah, I love, great, it. I, I love it. I'm not God. saying that people, there's probably people that still have a debout with it, and they're Christians. Sure. They still know Christ, and it's not, that. it's just, that's just what it's, meant to be, I guess, at that moment yeah. in life. Well, know? let me just say that the the way you express that, Jeff, is is, is super, and you're, and you're right on. Thank you for your call. If you'll stay on the line, we want to give you a copy. We have actually have five copies to give away to some of our callers today, so let's give you a copy of Out of the Cave, Stepping into the Light When Depression Darkens What You See. But, Pastor, I, I see what, what, what he just said. I, I mean, I, I have seen many times is that somebody will come to faith in Christ, and, and matter of fact, it may be a spiritual struggle uh, or even an emotional or mental struggle that actually causes them to uh, call out to the Lord. Now, we got about a, a minute before we need to take a, a pause. Uh, in that minute, I mean, what would you say to that person who is struggling? What does Christ, how does Christ bring the answer in the midst of that struggle? Yeah, what Christ does, he, Christ gives the ability or the power for that healing to take place. You know, that's what Paul said in Ephesians 1. He says, he says, I wish you could know God, and if you did, the eyes of your heart will be enlightened. And so, but you have to have the order right. And and people say, well, my eyes aren't on my heart. Well, yes, they are. You're not seeing through your physical eyes. You're seeing through everything that's ever happened to you up to this point. But the key to having your eyes of your heart enlightened, so bringing light to that darkness, is, man, I just wish you could know God. And he uses that word, Gnosko in the Greek, which means relationally, intimately, get close to him and watch what happens. Yeah, we're talking to Pastor Chris Hodges. He's from Church of the Highlands. We're talking specifically about his new book and inviting your calls. Our number is 877-548-3675. The new book is called Out of the Cave, Stepping into the Light When Depression Darkens What You See. We're going to continue our conversation talk about what are some things we can do right now? How can we encourage others as well? And take your calls. Again, last time for the number, 877-548-3675. Hey, we're back. Uh, Ed Stetzer Live. Super call from Jeff from uh, Pompano Beach. And uh, I was just in Pompano Beach last week, preaching at Calvary Chapel, Fort Lauderdale. Love, love that area as well. But good call that kind of talked about his own journey uh, recognize people have different experiences as well. But, you know, and I think that one of the things now, Pastor, that a lot of people are looking at is uh, the holidays. The holidays are a uh, harder time. We know that from uh, from from uh, from studies that holidays can be a harder time. And and I wonder if one of the reasons is, is you mentioned it earlier, the amount of light. You know, our Donna, my wife, she's amazing, uh, but our house is lit up like an, like an airport <laughs> landing strip. I mean, we have, she's got all those glow lights and... And that's part of what we do in the winter time to sort of walk through, um, you know, because it, it's, you know, we don't live in Alabama. It's cold up here, too. So, uh, so talk to us about, you know, holidays and shorter days and what's some things that people can do to walk through that. Definitely. Um, I actually read somewhere and I don't have the, uh, the source to cite it, but read somewhere where more people attempt to take their life between Thanksgiving and Christmas than the previous 11 months. That it's a, there's something about the holiday season that not only, I think it's not only a natural situation like, um, like physical light. I think there's a lot of uh, people, uh, their, their distress is heightened because the holidays remind them of things. So if they've lost a loved one, they're more reminded of it. Or 
if they're lonely and wish they had a spouse or had a had a friend that it's heightened during that time. And honestly, it's one of the things that Elijah faced and the biggest mistakes he made is that he, the Bible says he left his servant there. He decided to try to deal with the problem by himself. And I always remind people that the first problem in the Bible wasn't sin. It was solitude. The first thing that God ever said is not good. Wasn't, wasn't chapter three and, you know, the uh, Adam and Eve and the serpent, it was it was, hey, it's not good for, for people to be alone. And, and the feeling of isolation was already high before we ended up with this new phrase that we have now called social distancing, you know. Mm-hmm. So now we've almost been forced into uh, heightened isolation and loneliness that they say is affecting more than one third of all adults right now. And I think honestly, that's one of the biggest issues. So it's cold, it's dark, we stay inside, we don't connect. When this is really the time, I would encourage people, you know, to get, not not just go watch a service online or just listen to a message, but man, you need to be with people. I tell our church all the time, you probably need a hug more than you need a sermon right now. Um, And I think it's true. And I would say that, that you know, we heard all this talk in the beginning of the school year that kids need in-person school. And uh, that's, you know, Alabama's a little different warrior in Illinois where that was more of a thing and people were pushing towards that. I, I think people need, and they can be careful, they can follow the precautions they feel right doing, but we need in-person community as as well, in-person church as, as well. Um, yeah, I always, you, thought, you, I always the, thought that because, problem, I always thought I always thought the um, social distancing was misnamed. It, we, we need to be physically distant, but I would encourage you, yeah. everybody to be as socially connected as you can. Love it, love it. Now, you notice that Pastor Hodges, on a couple occasions, has keep going back to, if you joined us late, kept coming back to this this, this cave. And and part of the reason is, if you read Out of the Cave, which I encourage you to do, it's called Out of the Cave, Stepping into the Light When Depression Darkens What You See, you'll see that it's built around this uh, this biblical picture. So we're going to keep coming back to that. But let's get some calls. And uh, and also, too, let me mention that we're giving some books away to uh, amazing, brilliant callers, not just like the random people who call and say, I want a book, but just from some of our, uh, some of our callers as well. So let's so let's jump in to some of our conversation. Let, let, let's actually go to uh let's let's go to Penny uh in Anniston, Alabama. Penny, you're live on the air. How do nutrition and sleep impact mental health? That's a great question. What do you think, Pastor? Yeah. Yeah, it's a great question. In fact, one of the one of the most interesting parts of Elijah's story of coming out of the cave. And you have to forgive me before I tell you what it is. I, 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 I'm a Cajun from South Louisiana, so I, I see things through the, the, I have a sense of humor, so I see things funny. But the first thing that happened to Elijah is he's now visited by an angel who's going to help him out of the cave. And you would think if an angel visits you, it's going to be something like, you know, fall down and worship or build an altar or make a sacrifice. And the first thing the angel said is you need a nap. And you need to get something to eat. And then when he ate and slept, the the Bible says, the angel said, you know what, let's do it again. Why don't you eat some more? Why don't you sleep some more? And the first chapter I write on the solution to depression is exactly what Penny said. That is, let's start with controlling what we can control. And that's, let's get our health and our sleep and our pace and our lifestyle in in a place where we can take the other steps out of the cave. That's so good, and and that was when when uh, when when Darren died. I mentioned earlier, um, you know, there were so many. I loved him, cared cared deeply for him and his family, and uh, and the pace with that, with that layered on top of that, it was that. What my doctor said is, you got to you got to start eating differently. You got to start sleeping. You got to start doing so. Literally, this was 
Uh, your book wasn't out yet. You weren't done with it yet at that time, but that was the advice and counsel that I needed and really was 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 super helpful uh, on, on that journey. Let, let's go to uh, Colorado, and we're going to go to Sandy in Colorado. You're live on the air, Sandy. Hi. I was wondering, how do you respond to a close family or friend who, um, when you just want to talk through um, with depressive states, you know, it can be anything from just ecstatic or if you're going through a really hard time where you're super low and so and you're but you're not into an extreme and you just want to talk with someone just like you so thank you for sharing your story um of june of 2020 because when you, when you did that you were saying how you just want to you know it's good to share with people but when you do share with someone close they just want to they think you're in this extreme state and they jump to that conclusion and want to push you in wonder, you know, like you got to go get on medication, go see blah, blah, blah. Right. When they, they're, right. you just need someone to just listen. How do you respond um, kindly <laughs> so that That's to great. explain a little bit more that it's, it's, you know, it's not an extreme. It's just because there's chronic things that go on and in life. And, and there are times when you're going through that, that there's low points that can go yep. on for a month or, you know, a year or whatever. Yeah, well, let's, let's see what Pastor Hodge says, but I, I should have done this with Penny as well. But if Penny and Sandy, you'll both stay on the line, uh, we're going to give you a copy of uh, Out of the Cave, uh, Stepping into the Light when, you're, when Depression Darkens What You See. So, so what do you think about uh, Penny's uh, comment? How, how, I mean, excuse me, Sandy's, how, how, how do you do that? How do you help that person who's maybe experiencing some depression? Yeah, she's exactly right. Most of us don't even know how to have that conversation with someone. So um, I I think probably, Ed, one of the best parts of the book, if I might say that, is just two pages where I give the 10 things that we should never say to a person who's depressed Yeah, (laughs) because it's not helpful. And then the 10 things that we can do to help someone. And I think even if for people that are listening, you know, say, well, I'm not depressed. All of us need to be well-versed in this, like Sandy is saying, because a lot of times we, we're we going to be that friend that someone's going to come to us and say, hey, I need to talk to you. And if we don't really know the right way to respond, we could actually create more discouragement and maybe even put them in a deeper deeper spiral into that situation. So I think I, I think she's exactly right. We have to become more um, uh, educated, if you will, or mindful of the best ways to respond to people. And, and to answer her question, that's why choosing our friends is so carefully. And I do an entire chapter on that as well. Yeah. And I, I think it's important too. I mean, what, part of what Sandy is kind of reminding us is that, you know, what kind of what Jeff said at the beginning, what Jeff needed was to get uh, Jeff from uh, the earlier call where we talked about it came to Christ. Jeff needed to have an encounter with the living God that changed his heart. Uh, and a lot of people who are in depression, they need to walk through the challenges that they're in with friends. Uh, and not everyone is uh, is got a biochemical issue. Not everyone is going to need um, you know professional intervention. We're for that, but we want to recognize that depression is there are levels and episodes, and it's when you get stuck that we want to encourage people to. I asked Tim Clinton once. Um, uh, he's American Association of Christian Counselors. Uh, and he said, if you know, if you find yourself two plus weeks stuck, unable in this darkness, in this rut, at, in this cave, and you're not finding a path forward or out, that you might want to seek some additional um, 
help as as well. So, and I want I want to give us the opportunity. We have we have one one more segment, and we're going to ask some more questions of Pastor Chris and kind of walk through some of that. Um, our number final call final segment. If you want to call and ask a question or make a comment, is eight seven seven five four eight three six seven five. That's eight seven seven. Five four eight three six seven five. We're talking to Pastor Chris Hodges. His new book is Out of the Cave. Came out uh, in May of this year. Out of the Cave, Stepping into the Light When Depression Darkens What You See. 877-548-3675. Hey, we're back. It's Stetzer Live. Um, we can find and subscribe to the podcast at stetzerlive.com and I want to always encourage you to do that as well. We're talking to Pastor Chris Hodges. He pastored Church of the Highlands, um, lots, lots of different roles as well that we shared at the beginning of the show. We're talking about his new book, Out of the Cave, Stepping into the Light When Depression Darkens What You See. Uh, pastor Chris, I, I'm actually, I'm, after the show, I fly to New York City. I'm the interim pastor of a church there in New York City called uh, Calvary on uh, West 57th Street. And um, I'm preaching from Matthew, where Jesus says, Therefore I tell you, don't be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, not about your body. I mean, literally, Jesus says, don't be anxious. But the scriptures say, do not worry, you know, and over and over again. Um, And I probably 10 years ago wouldn't put this in there. But after saying, I quote Philippians 4, don't be anxious about anything, I, I say, so this is the biblical teaching. This is the biblical call and command. You can walk this way. And if you find that you can't, it means we may need to take extra steps. And I talk about counseling. I talk about, you know, things of that sort. 10 years ago, I probably wouldn't have put that in there. I would just said, don't be anxious. But then there's some people who can't seem to break out of that. So that you address that in, in, in the book. And again, to remind everyone, the book is out of the cave. You address that, that sometimes there are fast breakthroughs, sometimes there are slow breakthroughs. How do we know and how do you walk through that as that time when you're struggling? Yeah, that's why, you know, I like the steps that's in this book yep. or the steps that yep. you know, actually that God took uh, Elijah through. So I don't think it's a one mm-hmm. One Good. thing we do fixes all. Uh, I, I call it stepping into the light, which means, hey, do this and now do this. Okay, now do this. And I think this the, the order matters as well. And that's what we saw in the life of, of Elijah, that there was just a, he needed to slow down, get some sleep, get something to eat. And then he needed to have this God encounter. We've talked about that. But now he's taking other steps that, that bring clarity to his identity and I think that's mm-hmm. one of the things you're you're talking about. I think there's so many people right. that have such an unhealthy view of themselves and they're allowing their minds to be bombarded by other people's opinions of who they are via quote unquote social media that's not social at all a, a lot right. of times. And so now we have unhealthy identity and then and then the most important thing in my mind this is what uh, I learned through the life of Victor Frankl in uh, and that is having clarity about the mission of your life. And Ed, if I was to give anybody a solution, if anybody wants the quickest fix, and there are no quick fixes, but if they want the quickest fix to depression, it's not focusing on your depression. You have to have something in your life bigger than your depression. And for a lot of people, they're just replaying their old story and a new story hasn't been written yet. And God has that for us. And that was the genius of, of the Austrian psychiatrist Viktor Frankl discovered in his, uh, his research 
which was in complete contrast to Sigmund Freud. He was saying life's all about pleasure and the pursuit of pleasure. And Frankl says, no, it's not. It's about meaning. And if you don't have meaning, you'll dull your life and numb your life with pleasures and taught people how to have what he called meaningful work. Yeah, and I love that. I love that. And and again, one of the things that I found fascinating about the book is you engaged. I mean, it, you clearly there's a Bible study here, and, and and there's a certain irony, by the way, that you are right now the number one bestseller in Old Testament commentaries. So I thought that was pretty fun <laughs> that you're literally the number one bestseller in Old Testament commentaries. Um, but it is. I mean, it's deeply rooted in Scripture. But you really, obviously, spent some time walking through some of these issues. I think it's one of the reasons the book has been um, so well received. Um, I, but I want to try to get in a couple couple more calls here, uh, just so we can... And by the way, last chance, 877-548-3675. But let's go to Thomas in Illinois. Thomas, uh, you're live on the air. What's your question or your comment? Thank you. What do you do if you're the spouse of a depressed person? Or what should I do? Or what can yeah, I no, do? No, that's fair. No, thank you, Thomas, for asking that. We, we feel that with you. So Walking through that with a spouse, um, Pastor, what, what do you suggest for Thomas? Well, I would, I would begin by saying uh, do, uh, put everything on the table. So pray for them, but also, in, you know, not knowing their particular situation, but perhaps medical attention or counseling is in order as well, or finding a, a close friend. A lot of times a, a spouse um, needs someone else other than their spouse. I, I, I didn't go to my wife who we're very, very, very close. And she knew every step. I kept nothing from her, but it was my best friend, pastor Rick Bezet, who's, who has a church in Arkansas. It was I, the I one love, I love Rick. Yeah. yeah. That I was talking to every day and, and he, yeah. every day, literally every day. And, and, um, and that was, if I, in this past June experience, was probably the single most important thing that I did is I got, I never was alone in my thoughts. And I think I would tell Thomas to say, you know what, to tell his wife, look, I'm happy to be that person. But if I'm not, I'm encouraging you to get with a close friend and somebody and let's talk it out. The worst thing is, is if they, if they get, you know, just alone in their thoughts, I call it. Uh, they'll engage in self-talk and self-talk. We're never our own best counselor ever. <laughs> you know, we, we're just never, we sh- we're the last person we should be listening to when we're in that place. Yeah. Thomas, if you hold on the line too, we want to give you a copy of, um, of out of the cave, stepping into the light when depression darkens what you see. And this, just know too, as two pastors, um, you know, Chris and I both feel that with you and, uh, when I get yes. a call today, we'll, 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 we'll pray and God might give you that grace and guidance because that, that's not an easy uh, story as well. Let, let's go to Kathy in Minnesota. We're b- bouncing around the country today, but Kathy up in Minnesota, what's your question or your comment? Kathy, Hello. are you there? Hi, Kathy. Go ahead with your I question or your comment. Uh, my question hey. would be, or comment, can you hear me? Yes, we can. We'd like, go ahead, please. Okay, my, my comment is thank you, first of all, for this ministry, and thank you, uh, Chris, for all that you're sharing. I heard you at Substance Church a while back in Minneapolis. Um, but anyway, uh, I'm going to the funeral today of our dear friend's son, 19 years old, and took his life a week ago. Oh. And uh, he's a friend of our son. They wrestled together. They graduated together. Oh. Uh, how can we walk alongside? How can I walk alongside this family going forward? Mm. Mm. 
Pastor, what yeah, do you think? Um, Pastor, not only would you, would, not only would you ask her, would you mind praying for Kathy and for that family sure. as well? And, and that answer family. first, but then pray as well. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, I know it sounds simple and I'm, I'm not trying to be overly simple. Just the fact that you're there. I mean, uh, to, to, to not let them feel the sense of loneliness in this and just being there. I remember um, probably my, my deepest grief I ever experienced was when my dad uh, went to be with the Lord and he was my best friend, best man in my wedding. And there was really nothing anyone could say but I loved just having them with me, you know, and I think, um, I think it sounds like you're that kind of friend. Um, and I know you'll, you'll just be there and don't feel like you have to say anything. Just, just your presence, uh, says a lot. And, and by the way, that's what, that's what God does for us. Um, and, and I tell people that, um, that are going through something like this, that God is, the Bible says is close to the brokenhearted. And I personally believe there's a special grace and a presence of God that shows up in times like that. And I tell people, look for it. Look for it. it he'll be there. You're going to sense him in a very special way. And Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray for Kathy. I pray for this family. And I'm praying, God, Second Corinthians chapter 1, you're the God of all comfort who comforts us in all of our troubles. And Lord, for every listener who feels alone today and every person listening to this program today, God, I'm asking you, Lord, to be with them in a very unique way, to let them experience and feel your presence. Even in this Christmas season, you're God with us. You're Emmanuel. You're, it's a unique relationship where you're not a distant, you're not a God who just sits in heaven, but you're God with us. And I'm asking, Lord, for your manifest presence to bring the comfort that only you can bring into this situation. And Lord, we thank you for the hope of heaven. We thank you, Lord God, that earth is not uh, the, the, our final place, God. So we grieve, but we don't grieve like the rest of people. We, we grieve, God, but, not, but knowing that we will see them again. And I just pray for that eternal perspective and that hope in their hearts. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Amen and amen. That voice you've been listening to is Pastor Chris Hodges, and so thankful that he would come on this conversation, and thankful for our callers today. I recognize these are challenging things to talk about, uh, but let me commend to you uh, Chris's book, Out of the Cave, Stepping into the Light When Depression Darkens What You See. And let me commend to you as well, you're, you're being engaged and involved in your local church, being engaged in relationships that will encourage you on that journey as well. Uh, and again, that personal growth relationship with the Lord Jesus, particularly as we head to the holidays for some harder time, may he be a source of grace and strength and comfort. Let me thank our team here behind the scenes. Karen Hendren's my uh, producer. Courtney Young is our engineer. And Eric Tidwell is, did a great job manning the phones today. To hear today's program again, You'll find it at edstetzerlive.com or, as always, on the Moody Radio app. Matter of fact, you can find all of our Moody Radio programs there at the app. And every one of them, subscribe via podcast. Maybe you're not available this Saturday every time. You can connect with us through Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all at Ed Stetzer Live. And remember that Ed Stetzer Live is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute. Thanks to Chris Hodges. Thanks to our team. And thanks to our listeners for joining us today on Ed Stetzer Live. 